This better be good. <laughs> David, uh, breakups are always tough. Yeah, my wife broke up with me three times before we got married. Oh, uh, Laura broke up with me twice, I think. Really? Yeah. Whoa. So maybe um, maybe a relationship that sees uh, rocky times early on and weathers the storm is, uh, is stronger because of it, long term. I'd like to think so, Yeah. because that's the situation I'm in now. <laughs> Not the rocky situation, but yeah. like I was rocky before, okay. and it's better now. My yeah. wife's wonderful, and I love her. Uh, well, I have to report on really one of the more surprising breakups I've uh, I've read about recently. Okay. Uh, you may you do may you, have do you read about a lot of breakups? <laughs> I'm all in the t- the tabloid gossip section, David. Apparently, that's where I live. Uh, now, so so you may have heard about Amanda Teague uh, last year. The main name may not uh, sound super familiar, but the story might. So, in 2018. Uh, she began to be contacted by a 300-year-old pirate. Yes, the ghost of a 300-year-old pirate. Steve and Adams? she herself is a Jack Sparrow impersonator. Right? So a Jack Sparrow impersonator mm-hmm. started receiving communications from the other side yep. of a 300-year-old pirate. pirate also ghost. Na- also uh, named Jack. Okay, yes. Jack Sparrow impersonator... Jack the Jack, pirate, Jack the three hundred year old pirate. Okay, so three hundred years ago, we're talking about the year seventeen hundred, right? The seventeen hundreds, early seventeen hundreds. Yeah, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. So we're talking like that's probably pirate heyday stuff, right? Um, yeah, give or take, sure. Okay, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm basing everything of my pirate knowledge off of Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, sorry, Mupp- yeah, Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, the ride, not the movies. Yeah. The ride, the ride, the ride's like uh, sixty-five years old. Is it really? No, I have no idea. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, so, so they developed a relationship, but before she could commit to the ghost, she didn't feel like just like casual hookups with the ghost. Of course she, not. She needed a more firm commitment, right? And so she, um, she doesn't want to get ghosted. Okay, David, leave the jokes to me, please. I will not. So she uh, she hired a shaman and went out to international waters. Uh, the story says so that the marriage was legal. Of course, and um, you can't you don't want to marry a ghost illegally. Yeah, that's the worst. And uh, held up a picture of Jack Sparrow, which is weird because she's the Jack Sparrow impersonator, but the the picture of Jack Sparrow represented Jack the the dead pirate ghost. The ghost is not dead, actually. Go- I don't I don't actually know how you classify a ghost. Well, if you're marrying the ghost, you can't marry a dead person unless you're in Kentucky, I think. Okay. And so they got married, um, and everything seemed fine for a while. But as these ghost relationships often turn out, there's a dark side. So uh, she reported on on her Facebook page uh, recently. She said, so I feel it's time to let everyone know that my marriage is over. I will explain all in due course, but for now, all all I want to say... (laughs) All I want to say is be very careful when dabbling in spirituality. It's not something to mess with. Um, she she later said that I wish I never got married to him. I wish that. <laughs> she said Jack has turned what was a beautiful and loving relationship into something that is ugly. 
And she uh, she accused like a ghost pirate. She accused uh, Jack, the dead three hundred year old pirate ghost, of stealing or possibly draining her energy and using it for his own selfish intentions. Now I'm guessing when she says energy, she's not talking like she was siphoning her power, like the like the people like the poor people in Argentina would steal power from the power lines. Yeah, I'm guessing she's talking about spiritual and physical energy from her body that the pirate ghost was taking mm-hmm. for his own selfish pirate means yes so yeah. who'd have thought a pirate would be dishonest and steal things huh that's right that's shocking yeah so it seems like very little foresight going into this they rushed into this relationship a little bit uh i mean he may have been stalking her since birth sure but uh at least on her part ghost just shows up in your bed you don't say i do okay i mean and the age gap yeah so i i i kept scratching my head like how a, does a couple that seems so perfect for each other, like uh, Miss Jack Sparrow, Amanda Teague, and uh, dead 300-year-old pirate Jack, if they can't make it, who can? And I had to come up with a list of reasons why I thought maybe this marriage didn't work out, okay? So uh, if you'll indulge me, David. Well, I think I kind of have to. Go for it. Okay. So... Um, how many? How many? Okay, I just saw. I cut a glimpse of the list. It looks got a baker's longer. dozen minus two. What is that? Eleven. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. So what? How much is a baker's dozen? Thirteen. Why does I? Why is that a thing? Well, it's a dozen, and then the baker makes an extra just in case, right? You ever like shove donuts into a box? One could break, and so you make an extra one just in case. I think the extra one is for the baker. Well, most bakers I know. Art on the thin side. I well, when I bake stuff, I don't just do one extra. I double the recipe, right? And so uh-huh. it's like half you give away, half you keep. Nice. I like that. Okay. I like that. All right. So my my eleven reasons why the three hundred year old pirate Jack married to the forty five year old Irish woman Amanda Teague impersonating Jack Sparrow did not work. Why didn't this marriage work? And Anthony's doesn't. Double it. Yeah, he says it. Yes, right. I promise 12 and I underdeliver by one. No, no, no. I'm talking about you double what you make, right? Oh. Keep some for you and then give the other away, right? So it's right. Anthony's does. I feel like this is losing steam. All right. Reason number one Hit why it. this marriage didn't last. They were, they were always arguing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Reason number two. He found out she only married him for his booty. <laughs> it could mean his butt or his money, his treasure. Okay. Uh, number three. He always felt she was hiding something. Like, was she lying? She just wasn't as transparent as him. Because he's a ghost. Transparent. <laughs> number, th- number four. Oh, good. He got annoyed that... She kept calling him her boo. (laughs) Sup, boo? Stop calling me that. Number five. They realized the relationship was a dead end. Oh. Number six. (laughs) His his moods were hard to predict. You could say he was an emotional roller coaster. Oh, gosh. That's that's a stretch. (laughs) That one's a stretch. That one's the stretch. <laughs> well, I think that one's the stretchiest. Okay. All right. Number seven. You know, married life just kind of bored him. You know what they say. Ghouls just want to have fun. <laughs> Why didn't this marriage last, David? Reason number eight. She didn't support his business ventures. 
All he wanted to do was open a boutique. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Number nine. Mm. She wouldn't let him in the living room. Because oh, he's dead. <laughs> I'm sorry, this room is for the living only. I did it with my family room. If you're not family, you can't come in the family room. I don't really do that. That's ridiculous. Number 10. She found out that he didn't actually author his love notes to her. He hired a ghostwriter. Oh. How much money did you steal from your company while you were writing these at work? How much time? I did this on my drive home, David. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> and number 11, and most shocking of all, mm-hmm. she turned out to be a rapist. <laughs> a full-blown rapist. <laughs> they were so bad, they were good. That's the sweet spot. I don't know, David. I think, I mean... If, if, if nothing else, I think this story just tells us you never quite know who who really is your soulmate. This is Subjectively Correct Sports. I'm sure it's the only place in the world where you can get coverage for that story in that way. My your number one source of pirate ghost humor. Yeah. Uh, and sports talk, I guess, sometimes. Yes. I'm David Henderson. This is Anthony Montague. I'm a teacher. He's a lawyer. And uh, we agree on a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we do a show together. We're most sports this shows. Is like- not, this is not your uh, early morning sports talk show where uh, no. we, uh, we take uh, opposing viewpoints uh, for ratings. Because if, if the last year has shown us nothing at all, it's we don't care about ratings. No. I mean, ratings be darned. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, what's a what's a pirate's favorite favorite letter? Um, well, yeah, the the what comes to mind is R. You think it be R, but to me, heart belongs to the sea. <laughs> Very good, David. Get it? Yes, I got it. Yeah, it awesome. shout out to Zane Howard yes. who uh, told me that one. Okay. Uh, sports stuff. Yeah. So hey, this is our last show for a little while. Yes. Reminder. Yes. Um, and I went to the dentist yesterday, so we didn't do it yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. And I was like, "Is the show in jeopardy of not being done for a while? What will our fan do? Um, probably just not listen, mm. or or listen to old ones. I think mo- some of our fans listen on delay, anyways. Sure. So, brother Adam, your right? brother Adam. Yeah. Okay. He uh he likes to listen to the show. He. Uh, I mean, you're my brother too, Adam. I just, right. Right. It he, sounded weird saying brother Adam. Well, yeah, I guess it does sound kind of weird. Anyway, so my brother Adam, and your brother Adam, brother Adam, uh, yeah. de- uh, delivers packages for his job right now for Amazon. He loves it. Um, awesome. Is he, is he afraid of getting replaced by a drone? I don't know. I think... I think we're still a few years out. We are. I don't think people will quite trust that. There's an episode of Parks and Rec where a drone delivers a package on Ron Swanson's doorstep. <laughs> does he shoot it? Right? He shoots it with a shotgun. Does he really? Yep, because it was, it was addressed to his son. Uh. Okay. He's like, how did they know he was there? Is it's a great episode because like, it's raining. The door opens mm-hmm. to Leslie Nope's house, and Ron Swanson is standing there in the rain, holding a shotgun in one hand and the beat up, broken drone, <laughs> the shotgun hole in it, holding the other prize. hand, right? And it's the most Ron Swanson moment in the show, other than him saying that real history started July fourth, seventeen seventy six, and he hates Europe. I don't know how I feel about. Um the the coming drone invasion by Amazon. If you haven't seen, there's like plans for there to be 
uh, flying drones delivering packages at all hours of the day and all the time. And that just seems like it would get annoying, right? I mean, to have drones constantly overhead. Because everyone shops, I mean, everyone shops on Amazon now. It's easier for us to shop on Amazon than to go to store sometimes. Well, I think uh, when the car was first invented and how noisy it was, I'm sure people worried about the noise pollution of automobiles. Mm -hmm. We got over that pretty quick when we realized we could drive an automobile, right? And I think the convenience of getting an Amazon package delivered in like 20 minutes by a robot who's going to get like, just fly in and fly out, send you a text message, hey, your package is here, you go and you grab it from your drone buddy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we'll get over it pretty quick when convenience will overcome annoyance. It does every time. Yeah. You know, though, there's going to be, uh, you know, that one time a drone flies into a... uh a transformer and takes out power to a neighborhood, right? And there's going to be a huge upcry or flies into uh, the old man walking his dog. It's just going to happen, David. Yeah. I, I would hate to be a lawyer for Amazon right now trying to figure out. Oh, man. Because you basically have to come up with new rules and regulations and laws for things that they don't have laws and regulations or rules for, right? So how do you navigate well, something that you don't have laws for yet, right? Well, yes. So there's that. And then there's just the whole idea of, you know, what kind of liability is the company taking on? Always, I'm sure their their insurers are uh, they're probably going to their insurers saying you know what kind of coverage can we get for this yeah. would this would this violate our, our existing policies probably well, and sending I, flying robots into the sky <laughs> right well I know like the the idea of driverless cars fascinates me yeah I'm excited I'm ready for a driverless car like I want to be able to grade papers on my way to work in the morning as I'm driving in my car you know what I mean yeah like I want to be able to go to the back seat use the use the toilet that we're gonna install in the back of our cars because if the car doesn't need me to drive it then I should be able to pee in it right yeah. but all that stuff is gonna be super convenient right I'm excited for that take a nap on the way to home I just yeah. discovered on my drive home today that my car has adaptive cruise control are you familiar with this yes I imagine it's cruise control that adapts yes so you just set the speed and even in like rush hour traffic it'll slow you down to a stop get you back up to speed you just steer right and so that's like half the battle is like steering gassing and braking accelerating and braking right and uh steering's kind of fun i don't i don't know well when i play mario kart i like it but but like the the you know teslas that are coming out that are basically completely autopilot they'll change lanes for you that's That's just i mean you still they still say you have to have your hands on the wheel i think you have to have at least one hand on the wheel or else it'll stop but yeah it's coming i mean there's going to going to be holdouts people who aren't comfortable right letting a car do all the driving but well so i wondered about that and i thought okay well one day we're gonna have driverless cars it's just it's going to happen mm-hmm. like one day the technology is going to be fast enough and good enough that we're going to be all taken away maybe in our own personal vehicles maybe they're all going to be transit vehicles owned by the cities and states or whatever but we're all going to be cruising around in driverless cars it's going to be great um does everybody need to get auto insurance or will the auto manufacturer who made the car be liable because it's their product right because yeah. we're not technically operating that piece of uh that, that vehicle right yeah so should we be liable for when our car crashes, when we're not the one driving it, when it's the manufacturer's software and hardware running it? Um, that's a good question. I think, you know, you still own the vehicle and you assume the risk by operating it, right? Even if by operating it, all it means is turning it on. So the companies are going to find a way to pass on the insurance cost to the consumer. I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, plus... It just our current insurance model, right? Of everyone getting ins- car insurance. Like, if that were to just go away, uh, that would 
be a huge disruption uh, for the industry. And, and I mean, I, I think a lot of companies would probably go under if people mm. stopped buying car insurance. Even even if the auto companies were still doing it, um, you would just have so many fewer policies. I don't know. The interesting, interesting, interesting question. Something's got to change in it. So well. wait, why? So anyway, so Adam, Adam, yeah, Adam goes okay. right. So he would listen to our show for like an extended period of time, and he noticed something interesting that I've noticed about the show for quite a time now. But he. Brought it to my not brought it to my attention, but when he talked to me about it, I was like, "Yes, I've noticed that, and I think it's hilarious." You have an amazing ability to remember the minutest detail of your childhood. Yeah, it's crazy. You will tell stories about when you were four or five years old, and you remember the craziest, tiniest details. I barely remember elementary school, mm-hmm. right? But you will not remember things that I said ten minutes ago. You will forget things that I said on the last show. You are correct. What's with that? Uh, well, okay, so I've been accused of, uh, you know, selective memory where I only remember what's important to me. Mm. But I don't think it's true because, like, stuff I remember about a kid, like, that's not necessarily important to me. Like, now. I, like I don't care about it now, right? It's, yeah. it's not important now, but back then, I think it was. Hmm, interesting. Maybe. So then it goes into long-term memory, and your long-term memory is like, it's like a bird trap. Steel trap. I mean, re-saying things I say is fun. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, it's crazy. Uh, he noticed it after listening to our show for like hours and hours on end. Oh, really? Dri- driving his truck. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I noticed it too, but I don't know. I think it's interesting. Okay. So I don't really feel bad that you don't remember stuff that I say. It's, I just kind of feel bad that you don't remember stuff that I say. It's not you, it's me. Right. And by me, I mean what you're saying isn't important to me. Right. That's what I'm picking up on. Yeah. So moving on to stuff that doesn't break my soul and my heart, okay. uh, NBA free agency stuff is kind of still the biggest sports topic right now. Uh, and most importantly, you have had several Twitter exchanges with Freddie Prince Jr. of all people. Yeah, he's all that. I uh, <laughs> so so Freddie Prince Jr., Mr. Sarah Michelle Gellar. He uh, Mr. Sarah Michelle Gellar. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Buffy. <laughs> So Freddie Prince Jr. of of nineties uh, and early two thousands movie fame. He was also the uh, on Friends as the Wiggle Munch puppet guy. Okay, okay, missed I missed those episodes. Yeah, the Wiggle Munches. Uh, yeah, so um, I think I think I uh, mentioned this on the last show, and then we never actually got around to it. So um, last Saturday, uh, we were out um, like as a family, and Freddie Prince Jr. tweeted. Lakers. That's all he tweeted. He's a huge uh, LA sports fan, and he tweeted. And I follow him um, for his LA sports coverage. Apparently, <laughs> I follow him because he's uh, he does the voice of a character on a, on a Star Wars TV show I really like. Oh, okay. Um, and he was on a few podcasts with Amin El Hassan, who I really like. So, anyway, that's why I so, follow Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> but apparently, you follow him for his sports coverage. Yeah, and so um, so so last weekend he tweeted Lakers and just Lakers, no punctuation, nothing, just Lakers, and. Um, and so I responded to him, and I, I essentially just said, um, "Oh, hold on, hold on. let me let me pull it up." I said, uh, "You know, Freddie, or his his Twitter name is General Manager Prince." So I said, "GMP, please don't elevate my heart rate unnecessarily." And I never expected him to reply to me. I never, I've never had a Twitter conversation with him, uh, but he replied a few minutes later and said, "Feel good, relax, all shall be okay." Within. An hour, maybe two, the news that Anthony Davis had been traded to the Lakers broke, and I replied to him, 
in all caps, you knew. And he replied back with the uh, the emoji with his hand over his mouth, right? And so I thought that was funny. Like, oh, I had a little Twitter back and forth with Freddie Prince Jr. Um, and then a few days ago, he tweeted out something else. Uh, just saying, I feel like something good is going to happen to the Lakers tomorrow. And I reminded him about my heart condition. He said, dude, I didn't, I didn't know, I swear. And anyway, so we've been having a little bit of Twitter back and forth and it's weird that he says something or I'll say something and then, you know, we're just communicating with each other and he's, I mean, he's quasi famous still. He was super famous at one point. The internet's weird. Twitter's weird. This whole, like, being able to get in contact with anyone, even the president of the United States, right? right. And, like, that person, you know, having a real possibility of, like, seeing your message and then deciding, eh, why not? I'll respond. I'll engage that person. Right. You know? That's um, pretty cool. And I, I've had a few Twitter exchanges with people that I've, like, seen on TV. Yeah. Like, my favorite singer-songwriter did a show in Dallas. And there were some technical difficulties, and he couldn't. I think I tried that on the show, and he couldn't do his full show. Oh yeah! And I just like tweeted my appreciation. Like he he said, "Hey, did a show in Dallas? Sorry, the show didn't go the way it was supposed to." I just said, "No, it was cool just to see you. Hopefully, you can do it again." And he liked my response, and that was so cool just to know that my favorite singer songwriter saw something I wrote yeah. and responded to it. That was cool. Also, Amin Al Hassan and I went back and forth on Twitter a couple times. So, Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool. Yeah. So I'm angling for a Thanksgiving invite uh, from Mr. Prince Jr. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you need to call him Prince Jr. You can just call him Mr. Prince. Uh, yeah, well, maybe. Uh, I don't feel like I'm that familiar with him yet. So. So you're so you're not familiar with him enough to the point to drop the Jr. when yeah. you call him Mr. Prince. That's right, Jr. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You, Anyways, Thanksgiving invite. Maybe I don't know. Mid twenties. Twenty. Twenty twenty two. Twenty three. Twenty four. We'll see. I would just love to get him on the pod one time talking about LA sports. Stuff. I think that's. A legitimate possibility. That'd be cool. Yeah, if you're listening, Mr. Prince Jr. General Manager Prince, uh, yeah. it's been an honor and a pleasure. You're a gentleman and a scholar, and uh, feel free to hit me up anytime. And uh, I know what you uh, are going to do this summer, celebrating the Lakers. <sighs> Newfound success. Not real. Okay. All right. So, Kevin Durant, if he goes to Brooklyn, good on him. Go yeah, get your money well, and go to Brooklyn. Good on you. Clay Thompson, injured. Do you take a guy coming off of a serious knee injury for the max? A desperate team will, but I don't think a team that's already set up to compete will go for a player who's injured, especially after the Raptors season where getting one more piece like a Clay Thompson may put you over the edge like what Kawhi did for the Raptors. I don't think a team that's in that position is going to take a Clay when there's so many other free agents available. Okay, so these are two interesting cases, right? KD and Clay, who both have... Uh, injuries that will have them out for most, if not all, of next season, right? And they're... It's basically it, the exact it, same thing that the Warriors did with Boogie Cousins this year. Yeah. I think there. Uh, one of the differences here is that um, Cousins' game relied a lot on his power, strength, athleticism. Uh, his, his, as a big man being able to... And he can still push people around. I mean, he's still big, right? Um, he just definitely didn't have the lift and explosion. He doesn't he have the explosion. Didn't have the, the lateral quickness. And, and we've talked about before how, yes, KD will suffer some defensively probably, but he's so gifted offensively and that shot isn't going to go anywhere. Uh, and same thing with Clay. I mean, he is a known for being a two-way player, and so that defense may suffer. I'm not sure what the history of, of ACLs. I know with Achilles, there's definitely a drop-off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how, how ACL compares. Um, I mean, it's getting better and better. I mean, yeah. the, the 
one that we look to all the time now is uh, Adrian Peterson coming back from his ACL tear. Yeah. We mentioned that on the show before. And I it, think the treatments are getting better and better. He might come back and be strong, like like just as strong physically as he was before. But so much of Clay Thompson's game relies on getting open through screens and things like that. He's not the player that will stand in the corner and shoot shots up. Yeah. Uh, he, but He, he but could do that. But. I think both will still get max contracts, and, and this is the reason why. K, KD, you just take a chance, right? I mean, if you're a Brooklyn or the Knicks or any other non-Warriors franchise, like when is this opportunity going to come up again? And even if he's 80, 85% of what he was, that's still better than most of the league and probably worth a max contract. Clay, now he may not come back to what he was, but you're the Warriors and you can afford it. And the optics, I think, would be horrible for the to, franchise. To let Clay go. To let, well, to, to not offer him a max, right? Yeah. If he decides to go somewhere else, what, that's fine. But but if this, the, but if the franchise takes this opportunity to say, you know, we were going to give you a max, but you laid it all out there in the in the finals for us and got injured. Yeah, you may have ruined your, I mean, you may so, have ruined your career for us. Yeah. And so I, I just think it would be a hard sell to future free agents if um, – I don't know. I, I, if you're not willing to stand behind your players, and and I think all indications are Clay's going to come back and still be a really good player, and it's not like Golden State can do much else, right? It's not like they can sign other max free agents if they don't resign Clay because they're already their their salary cap situation is not great. They already have a lot of guys on the books. They got to pay Draymond next year, uh, and so they're they don't really have many other options, right? So they could, I mean, they could lower their, their tax burden and not re-sign him. But, but you're saying the best bet for the Warriors is to keep their core together? I think so. I mean, if, if they're planning to keep this group together and be competitive, I think they can still be a competitive group when Clay comes back. Because um, you're still going to have Curry, Clay, and Draymond and, and whatever other pieces want to come and join the Warriors, especially if the Lakers, for whatever reason, flame out and the... I don't know if Houston continues their tailspin and like who are the obvious tailspin. Well, I just there's a there's some dysfunction in the in the organization from what we've seen. Yes, according to fake reports that aren't true, Chris Paul has made fun of on multiple occasions James Harden's man boobs. <laughs> now, this is important because it's fake and not real. So let's talk about it as much as we can and make sure Dan Patrick is tricked by this and talks about it on his show. Okay, well, I haven't heard of that report, but I've heard a lot of the fighting. And But if if the... Losing does that. Yeah. Losing will bring any fight in the locker room up to the surface. The Raptors probably had fights in the locker room. The yeah. Raptors probably have just some sort of dysfunction. Also, they win, all that goes away. Also, not extending your coach, right? I mean, essentially yeah. firing his entire staff. Yeah. There's just... Things aren't super rosy right now in Houston. Now, also, Chris Paul made fun of James Harden's man boobs. <laughs> Allegedly not true. And Chris Paul historically is like a very hard person to play with. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anyways, and uh, so the Rockets, the, everything could be fine, but they have a horrible cap situation too. Report today that they're going to try and swing a sign-in trade for Jimmy Butler. So they probably send out like Capella and Gordon. Oh, you got to keep Capella. He's the future of the NBA. Uh, well, I don't know about that. Rim protecting but... athlete. No, no, he's like he's like a. Okay, you know how people said Draymond is like Kmart LeBron. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what uh, Capella is like. Kmart Antetokounmpo. Okay. Okay. So, so you're just going to agree with me and like I don't know. To move on? Okay, well, so. I, don't, I just, I don't know. I don't have a huge, uh, I think Capella's fine. 
I don't know that he can be the cornerstone of a championship team. Well, that's why he's Kmart yeah. and Dekumpo. Yeah, you don't put. But I'm just saying. I'm saying if you, if you have a chance to bring in Jimmy Butler and it's at yeah, the expense of, of Capella, you make that trade. Right, but at what expense? I don't know. the The Raptors need that, def- especially if they're going to keep James Harden. They need someone that's going to protect the rim because James Harden's not going to protect the rim. Yeah. So you need the, the athletic player that can that can complement James Harden's game on offense that can still play defense on the other end. Capella's that guy for them right now. Well, you, you already have him. Why get rid of him? You have, you have a few teams in the West that are one or two players away from really being competitive. And with the Warriors being down this year, you may see some trades, some signings that in other years just would look ridiculous but everyone's trying to strike now smell blood in the water and uh so seize the opportunity while you can it's kd and clay's blood yeah so kd probably on the move reports are maybe brooklyn new york i don't know we'll see i mean (laughs) so there's these uh, there's these uh online online gambling websites right and they come out with the odds of where players are going to sign you can gamble on anything man uh you can and uh you know for like Kawhi right now they've got him as uh minus 225 to the raptors so raptors are a heavy favorite followed by the clippers followed distantly by the lakers um but if you look back even as recently as 2016 when kevin durant was a free agent uh the odds on durant were negative 350 to the thunder and plus 400 to the Warriors, which means that the Thunder were a huge fra- favorite, right? So these casinos they or these these on- online uh, gaming companies, they do not like online sportsbooks. They are not in the business of losing money, right? And Wait, so- could, you, could you run that by me again? Because <laughs> yeah. that was a No, their business concept. is actually to make money. Weird. Yeah. So it's the business's job to earn as much money mm-hmm. as they can yes. for other people. Yeah, welcome no, no, to the wait, internet. You mean for their business, right? For their own business? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I, whoa. Yeah. I just soaking mm-hmm. it in. Soaking that new information in. <laughs> and so while a lot of people are pointing to, oh, they must have some inside info, I think they're just reading the tea leaves like everyone else. And what? <laughs> Do you take exception with that phrase? <laughs> no, it's just, it was an odd phrase. To, it's just an odd phrase to use. Reading the tea leaves. I, I saw my kids have been going through the Harry Potter movies. They yeah. love them, right? Yeah. And they're kind of young. But, Your kids? Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're four, five, and eight, right? So they're mm, kind of young to be watching yeah, Harry Potter wow. movies, right? But my son is, like, afraid of nothing, Okay. right? And he'll sleep through the night after after watching a Harry Potter movie with like, Voldemort sticking out of the back of a dude's head. Sure. He won't even, like, be bothered by that. I think Felicity, my, my oldest, is just, like, kind of boy crazy right now. Okay. So I think she has a thing for Harry Potter, which is super disappointing, uh, right? Yeah. I mean... But I guess I don't want, I don't let her watch a lot of grown up. Anyway, don't know where this is going, where it's coming from. Right. Is, but anyway, they're watching Harry Potter right now. Mm-hmm. I forgot where I was going with that. Do not tea like- leaves. So Professor Trelawney mm-hmm. is the one that like does divination, right? She's the one that's like, yep. Uh, she sees the future and stuff. Some people see it as like hokey, not real, uh, yeah. wizardry and stuff. But she ends up like actually having a prophecy that is important and stuff for the show. Mm-hmm. And she actually does predict a few of the things, right? Yeah. So when you said uh, reading the tea leaves, I saw. Weird the giant grim. glasses, Professor Trelawney. Yeah, looking at like Draymond's head, okay. <laughs> trying to determine by the sweat running down his face where Katie's gonna end up. I don't know. It's a, something like that went through my head, and it was funny. Anyway, <laughs> but, but they're there, reading the tea leaves. Yeah, if if you don't learn anything else from following NBA Twitter right now and watching ESPN and and Fox Sports coverage of all this, it's that no one really knows. It's incredible. There's seven or so really good players who 
who are free agents or could be free agents. And um, no one has, there's been no reports of anyone who's definitely going to re-sign or definitely going to sign with a new team. And that's that's somewhat uncommon uh, for the NBA. Usually there's some leak. Uh, So we have free agency starts Sunday afternoon. They, They moved it up. So uh, it seems like a lot of mercenaries in the league right now. Like very few yeah. guys are loyal to their teams. I don't know if LeBron started that as being like the superstar in the NBA, going from team um, to team to team. I think but, he definitely glamorized it, right? Yes, with the decision and right, taking like, my talents and forming, you know, the the Heat, the Heatles, right? right? The, he- the Heatles, Heatles. Is that a thing? Yeah, like the Beatles, but the Heatles. Cool. Who's the fourth Heatle? <laughs> Please say Mario Chalmers. Please say Mario Chalmers right now. now Birdman. I, probably Ray Allen is probably the, yeah, Ray thought Allen. of as the fourth. But he, didn't, he went down the next. It, yeah, next yeah, year, yeah. Right? Well, that was because of the shot, right? People forget that LeBron went on like a 10-0 run by himself mm-hmm. to get to that point. So, yeah. I mean, Ray Allen's shot was important, but the king, man. Like, <laughs> that was close. Oh, by the way, you had you took exception to, to some stat that I sent to you about yeah. LeBron being more clutch than right. Kobe. And you said, okay, but that's very narrow parameters. Well, no, no, no. But, it, wasn't, it wasn't. I didn't take exception to him being more clutch than Kobe. I just took exception to the stat. Right, that the stat was too narrow, right? Yeah. And so I showed you this clip of, of LeBron having, like, one of the most amazing 10-minute runs yeah. in NBA playoff history. And you just, like... I'm not even... What's the right word? You just, like, dismissed it. Yeah. Like, okay, well, whatever, Dave. Well, I don't think one highlight reel is persuasive. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I just don't, right? I mean... It's just one example, Anthony. It's, yeah, one example. So, okay, cool. Yeah. You're a jerk. All right. <laughs> I'm a man of science. A man of science? <laughs> a man of science. Keep reading the tea leaves on the NBA Twitter about so, where everyone's going to go there. So, long story short, the man NBA can be completely different or stay exactly science. the same. We have no idea. No one knows. So, so your analysis... I'm every- super excited to your, find out with everyone. Your expert sports podcaster analysis yeah. of the NBA I mean, I'll make situation guesses. is things could change or things could stay the same. Yeah, you want me to make guesses? I don't mind making predictions. Nah, let's talk about the awards. <laughs> okay, so NBA awards. They had their uh, NBA prom last night. Yeah, where grown men cry about winning stuff. <laughs> hey, I don't mind a little emotion. I don't either. Especially uh, someone like the Greek Freak who won the MVP, the Kia NBA MVP. Uh, I drive a Kia. And uh, yeah, I mean, he has like, you know, a really cool story coming from where he did and, and to be where he's at in life. Uh, KD was super emotional when he won a few years back. Talking you'd about real his MVP. Mom. I quote that sometimes. Yeah, I'll just tell someone you'd real MVP. What's it? Yeah, like what do you mean? I'm like watch basketball. Um, yeah, so so, Giannis won MVP. Luka Doncic, Rookie of the Year. Lou Williams, Sixth Man. Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year. Pascal Siakam, Most Improved. David, what do most of those players have in common? They're not from her. They're not American. Lou Williams, sixth man. The only one that was actually born in the United States. He now has three sixth man awards. Yeah. Tied for the most ever with Jamal Crawford. He's an interesting um, Hall of Fame candidate in a few years. Like if he's on a few winning teams and they can, he can rack up some actual like playoff uh, numbers because regular season, he's awesome. I mean, he's won sixth man three years in a row, right? Is it three in a row? Uh, oh, I don't know if it's three in a row. He's, three won, he's won three, yeah. Um, and he's got, I think, a body of work that's really good, but there's no, there's not like a one playoff run that you can point to. or So he, interesting interesting case for him. Well, it's like your your reputation and like your, your perception, is that worth Hall of Fame though? Like Jamal Crawford is really respected in the NBA and he has this kind of, 
he has this legend about him where it's like sixth man he comes in he's gonna get you what he needs right yeah i kind of feel that way about uh sean livingston right now he just seems like he'll come in playing against the other team's second team for the warriors and he'll just make baskets whenever you need him to i think he's slowing down a little bit now but yeah he looked a little washed in the finals that stigma not not stigma but that idea that reputation piece i don't know if that's as important as like actual stats and stuff like that that people look at who votes for the uh, nba or not nba it's the basketball hall of fame yeah very different right because they because they take into account your foreign experience your Mm -hmm. college experience i Mm -hmm. think yeah so there's like i think there are some college players who didn't even make it to the NBA or, or didn't play very long in the NBA that are in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, is Christian Leitner, is he in the Basketball Hall of Fame? I think so. I wonder. And what have you done for me lately? But, yeah, you have, like, uh, like Arvidas Sabonis. I think he's in the, uh, the Basketball Hall of Fame. And, like, he was, like, super Russia player, right? Or, or Soviet. I don't know where he's from. I think Russia. Was this before or after the wall? I think that's important. Well, I think his career spanned both. Wow. Pre and post. Um, but yeah, so he, yeah, he was a major contributor on the international stage and then, you know, a, a, a an okay player in the NBA for a few years. Yeah. Um, well, I think especially to include, um, international players and, uh, the women's side, you had to kind of expand it out because they didn't have a WNBA, right? So, so are women part of the basketball, basketball hall of fame? Yes. In the same hall of fame? Yes. Cool. Uh, yeah, but I think now maybe you can start just narrowing it down a little bit, but... I don't know. And it's not, I mean, Major League Baseball, it's not the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. It's the Baseball Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. right? And it's not the, I don't think it's the NFL Hall of Fame. It's the Football Hall of Fame. So I don't know if, like, He Hate Me will make it in there, the XFL legend. <laughs> Do you no. remember He Hate Me? <laughs> no. I Do you remember He Hate Me? No. It was great. He actually played XFL games when the XFL was a thing. Yeah. His jersey said. It's coming back. Well, then it went away. But No, no, no that, that was the other That, that was AFL. the... Uh, AARPFL, whatever it was. So now the XFL will be different. It's gonna Mm -hmm. last, sure. Yeah. So uh, got an X in its name. Yeah. So the uh, he actually had a jersey that he hate me, and I don't know who the he was. I think he came out and said it. He actually made it to the NFL. He was a return specialist and running back or something like that. Did right. Last I heard about him, he was missing. So like no one knew where he was. Not not like football wise. Not like we haven't seen him play in years. But like uh, police report wise. Yes, like police reports, missing persons missing so so if anyone sees a guy with the he hate me jersey on just ask him if he's the real he hate me and and, you know inform the police who was he he yeah i don't know someone that that didn't like him apparently (laughs) great observation thank you uh so why do we have the nba awards um weeks after the season ends and uh i know i know know. okay okay so playoffs end yes uh Free agency speculation starts. You have draft. Draft speculation. The draft, right? Yeah. Then you have some more free agency stuff that goes on or trades that go on, pre and post draft, stuff like that. And then award ceremony. It's basketball in your face once a week, keeping Here's that my media train rolling. Here's my proposal. Delay the playoffs by two days and do it then before the playoffs. But then none of the guys that are on the playoff teams will be able to make it. They'll all still be at work, right? No, that's why you delay it, right? I mean, you, you have an... You, you're still allowing the teams the same amount of prep time they would otherwise have, mm-hmm. right? And you're saying this day that's three, four days before the playoffs start, because there's always a little gap anyways. It's just the, the day after the last day of the NBA, right, for example. Yeah. You just have a rule. There's no team practices. It's the NBA awards. I don't know. And you do it then. Because these are all regular season awards, right? right. And we're so far removed from the regular season, it just feels uh, anticlimactic. It kind of does. Like, it seems pretty clear that Kawhi Leonard was the MVP of the playoffs. Yeah. Right? 
But we're disregarding all of that and just right. giving... Yeah, I see what you're saying. But at the same time, if I were a coach, I would be furious at the idea of sending my players out and getting them distracted and then having to bring them back and then, okay, now you can play and get ready to practice stuff. No coach is going to go for that. Could you imagine Greg Popovich saying, yeah, yeah, go take a two-day <laughs> vacation where you yeah. could go? And, no, no coach is going to go for that. I know. I just feel like it's it's really weird. Because they used to do it during the playoffs. Yeah. They, yeah. they just go because usually the MVP is still playing somewhere, right? Right. It was, <laughs> and it was like uh, the... Is between the conference finals and the finals, right? Yeah, I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. That seems right. But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big show. There wasn't a red carpet. Uh, but now everything's you know a production and event. And I guess if if ESPN's going to televise it, you may as well do it. But uh, I don't know. The timing just seems. Right. If we can improve the timing somewhat so that it's closer to the end of the regular season, uh, I would find that better. Right. Well, enough basketball. Uh, I want to talk some baseball stuff. Um, are, are we going to break segments? Or are we just going to plow right through. I'm good. Let's just go right through. I'm good. No potty break. You good? I'm good. Wow, no potty break. Good for you. I'm just gonna just want to say it like it was an accomplishment that you went 40 <laughs> minutes without a potty break, I'm trying to embarrass it's you. Personal record. Speaking of embarrassing, you thought it would be funny. Okay. In your sophomoric humor. Okay. Full of ghost pirate puns. Yep. Those were pretty good, by the way. Maybe I'll go back and listen to those. Um, just like you listen to the podcast. It's a good thing you don't listen back to the podcast because like the last five minutes of the last show got cut off and you had like a lot more stuff to say about what? the Lakers. Your wife texted me and was like, ha ha, you cut Anthony off at the end. And I was like, huh? So I went back and I listened and I was like, that's an accident. And oh, she was like, man. oh, I thought maybe you did it on purpose because it's funny. So it's I don't know what happened. probably the greatest five minutes of podcasting history too. Probably. It was also probably... Anyway, so hmm. don't know what I was going to say there. Uh, you thought it would be funny when I said I want to talk about Albert Pujols yes to type into our computer where we have our show notes yeah Albert turd openings um is there is there a question yes explain yourself to the people why in the world would you find that funny um well his name's Albert so now it's obvious for why I wrote Albert okay and then Pujols sounds an awful lot like Turd openings. Um, I was using synonyms. Ah. So that's why that's on the show sheet. Cool. So that's all I want to say about Albert Pujols. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. So he, he had a really great career with St. Louis. Yeah. They, uh, they Hall of Fame there. career with St. Louis. Right. And then he goes to the Angels, has less of a Hall of Fame career there. Yeah. Got Get hurt a little bit, right? But he made money. He got paid. Not like Bryce Harper got paid, but like he got paid. Cardinals, uh, they pulled a Belichick and let him walk after he uh, all of his good years were gone. Well, it was it ended up being a good deal for both Pujols and the Cardinals, but he yeah, came back for the first paid. time. So he's playing in the American League now. They were in the uh, Cardinals are in the National League, and they don't play very often interleague, right? National League, yeah. American League teams. So they don't probably won't play again often. for two or three years. Right. It's been seven years. Yeah. And he, they haven't played at all. So his first at bat. Yadier Molina, who he was really good friends with, walks out in front of the plate and kind of delays the game because the crowd is giving Albert Pujols a huge ovation. Like, it was really cool. And when Yadier Molina saw that happening, heard that happening, or maybe he thought about this before, he walked out in front of the plate so the, so the game would slow down so everyone could clap and, mm-hmm. and stuff for Albert Pujols. It was a really cool moment. Uh, I'm not sure if it was that game or the next game because it was a series. Albert Pujols hits a home run in St. Louis playing for the Angels. The crowd went crazy. They loved it, right? Clapping, cheering. It was such a cool moment for that because 
Uh, cool moment for Albert Pujols because he meant a lot not just to that team but to that community. He did a lot of good for that community, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cool to see. I, I grew up when I was playing idolizing Albert Pujols as a hitter. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes in sports history was someone asked him like about being a home run hitter and he said, I don't see myself as a home run hitter. I'm a line drive hitter with power. That's a cool comment. And it, like, cool. it explains his My, approach at the plate. So I'm like, I was the same thing. I was a line drive hitter without power. That's how that's how it explained myself. My favorite uh, Pujols uh, career achievement or, or moment uh, was his, uh, this is SportsCenter commercial. Now is when, a good uh, one. He was, uh, when uh, I forget which, which SportsCenter anchor comes in and says, hey, the machine. And he says, hey, I'm not a machine. I'm just Albert. And then <laughs> it, it, it goes to his, his uh, first person point of view and it's like the Terminator yep. screen, right? Yep. Because uh, one of the cooler nicknames in sports, the yeah. machine. Yeah, because he was a hitting machine. Yeah, he shared that nickname with uh, Sasha Vujicic. Really? Yes. I mean, okay. <laughs> Uh, really cool things going on for Albert Pujols and stuff. Great guy. If you don't know about his career, about his personal life, look into it. He's a really good player. Does a lot for the community. And I think he has a, a, a kid with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he works a lot with that community. There's an awesome video you should Google. Uh, Albert Pujols giving jersey to child with Down syndrome. Where he, um, there's a kid after one of the games. Uh, this was just like a week or two ago, and um, the kid has Down syndrome and is asking, you know, calling for Albert to come over and sign his jersey. And instead of just signing the kid's jersey, Albert takes his own jersey off, signs that, then signs the kid's jersey, takes pictures with him. Just a really cool guy, and that's like sports at its best, in my opinion. I mean, okay, the competitive side of it is awesome, and championships are awesome, right? But like the the more the broader reach of sports, uh, where it, People are so passionate about it, and these athletes have such a capacity to do good, to make people feel good, to feel good about themselves, to have a moment of relief in an otherwise painful time, whether they're visiting someone in the hospital or, um, you know, just sharing a kind note with someone online who might be like one of your haters and, you know, (laughs) responding back kindly. Like, you have so much capacity for good, more so than, than many other people, and I love it when athletes take on that mantle of, of trying to be a person who does good, who who spreads kindness, and that's just cool to see. And no one needs to do that. I mean, it's not their obligation to do it. You can choose not to be a role model. You can choose to be a jerk, and that's, you know, that's fine. Um, but when, when athletes choose to do good, it, it really it warms my heart, and it makes me proud to be a sports fan. Right. Word of caution, of course. Athletes are not role models always there are a few athletes out there who are role models just like there are a few ceos who are role models yeah. and some ceos who you should not be telling your kids to look up to and right? expand that to everything politicians yes teachers yes not no, no offense david but lawyers, lawyers yeah. I, mean, that, I mean that one's a given every, yes sir every at any walk of life right so so be careful but albert Pulse is one of those rare ones where if my son like says dad who were your favorite baseball players growing up just for reasons outside of baseball, Albert Pujols is going to come to mind right away. Yeah. Right? For those reasons. And while it's okay for baseball players being good people to go up and give a fan a hug, it is not okay for a fan to invade the field of play. It is not. And give a player a hug. It is not. And two days in a row this week, we had young ladies who just could not resist Cody Bellinger running onto the field in search of a belly hug. <laughs> 
and uh, and they, I think they accomplished. I think at least uh, one of them actually was able to hug Cody Bellinger. Both of them were uh, arrested, or at least uh, taken away by police. I think the, the first girl who did it at Dodger Stadium, I think reports were that she was 14. Whoa. But she was tackled, like, hard by the police. Or the uh, security. You mustn't act just as swiftly. It's <laughs> and, precedent. And, and uh, there's video of, of, of Cody Villager talking to the girl while she's, like, being handcuffed. And he's like, you know you're going to jail. And she's like, it was worth it. But she's 14, so I don't know what they're actually going to do. Uh, and then the other girl seemed to be uh, of age. And, uh, and she was also um, taken away. So this, and this, this was in Arizona. So, so the fandom travels. So what's, what's the hope? The hope is that you, you run onto the field and give him such a good hug you get some that he's going to get your number. On you. Yeah. Now, like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> that was such an amazing hug. I'm going to write my number on your jersey as you're being taken to jail. Call me. I'll bail like, you out. We'll have a relationship. I'm, I'm, he's like, I'm impressed by your, your, your boldness, your audacity. <laughs> I'm going to look you up. No, that's not going to happen. Never in the history of anything... Uh, as someone, uh, a fan rushing a stage or invading the field of play or uh, stopping a concert, whatever it is, that's never, if, as far as I know, that has never led to a meaningful relationship. Like the only thing that like compares to it is that guy who asked out that tennis player on Twitter and oh. she said yes. Yeah, you they, remember made, that? they made a bet because like yeah. she, she was an Atlanta Falcons fan, and which is a totally different thing, obviously, than right. like rushing someone, right? Uh, but again, but, like he, he shot a shot yeah, on, on Twitter. Sure. Well, the power of, of the internet, right? Like we were talking about yeah. with Freddie Prince Jr. earlier, right? Like you're basically buddies with Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. now. So he, they were down twenty eight three, right? The the Patriots, and she mentioned something on it's Twitter a Canadian about that. tennis player, whatever. Well, I, don't, I, I forgot funny her name. name. A funny name. I want to say Wojnarowski, but that's the basketball no. Twitter guy. So he, uh, the ESPN analyst guy. So he says, if if the Patriots come back and win, will you go on a date with me? And she said, sure. So what happens? Patriots come back. The Falcons choke. And he ends up... Jeannie Bouchard. Jeannie Bouchard. So he, he they end up going on an actual date. And I think they went on more than one date, which is like, okay, yeah. cool. I don't it think they got It seems like they're still friends. So, um, what? Oh, my goodness. Okay, so this is a headline from March 7th, 2019. So this is back in 2017 that the bet happened. Okay, so two years later... It says... Uh, Jeannie or Eugenie, whatever her name is, Bouchard, Super Bowl Twitter bet date to date to get Hollywood ending. What does that mean? It means they're gonna oh they're gonna it, make a movie about it uh, like a TV movie. Let's okay, see. Okay, that's super misleading. Fox 2000 Studios picked up a pitch to base a romantic comedy on the unlikely date between Bouchard and random fan John. Oh my goodness! Gork- I got you! I got you! Gorky. I got you! I got you! Gorky, right? G O E H R K E. Get normal names, people. <laughs> Making my life hard. Just get a normal name. Mm. Change it to something we can understand. Yeah, that's so very xenophobic. They went to a Brooklyn Knights basketball game, and then they continue to meet during the year, even attending the next Super Bowl together. So, I mean, if nothing else, you got a famous, cool friend out of it that he gets to attend awesome sporting events with. Neato. I hope she paid for stuff. So. Don't don't rush Cody Bellinger, please. Do not do anything that would harm Cody Bellinger. He's having a season for the ages. There today marks the 81st game of the season. Oh, Dodgers halfway. are 28 games over 500. That's Cody right. Bellinger still batting above 350, and um, it's been a remarkable year so far. So uh, please do not do anything to hurt him. This is the year for the Dodgers. We'll see. Once the playoffs come, who knows? Right, your, know. your third best pitcher is a guy named Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, the third. So you're doing all right, man. The fir- third best. first best pitcher is a South Korean named Hinjin Ryu. 
or Hinjin Ru, as uh, they're now calling him for some reason. And the second best picture, Walker Bueller, who's like 23, 24, flamethrower. Uh, it's I a, like it's Walker a good, Bueller a lot. He has good he has, squad. He has a really good combination of fastball with movement, slider, and curveball. He has yeah. all three of those. And uh, Oral Hershiser, who does the the, the uh, commentary um, for during the Dodger games. He said they have enough talent to fill two Major League Baseball teams. And it's true. They're, they have more people. They have to hold people down in AAA, not because they're worried about paying their salary too early, right? Like you have with like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It's just because they don't have enough spots. Yeah. Like they have so many good players. Uh, and that's always been, well, not, that, for the last few years, has been a hallmark of the Dodgers is that someone goes down, next man up. You have a lot of plug and play players. And so. Well, they won three games in a row. By walk-off home run, right? Yes. And the three players that hit those walk-off home runs were three different Dodger rookies. That's right. That's incredible. That's right. So e- each of those rookies have spent the majority of their season in AAA. And uh, they came up in a pinch and, and won the game. Three games in a row. Pretty awesome. Uh, all right. How do you want to wrap this up? Sorry if there's a listener. Sorry if you can hear a baby crying in the background. Okay, I want to talk about the women's national team real quick. Uh, I watched the game against Spain. While the score was only 2-1, the one goal they gave away was a huge, like, aberration. <laughs> like, a huge mistake that we'll probably never see again, this team make again. And then the two goals that they scored were off of penalties. But they dominated the game, like, possession and things like that. They were yeah. in control most okay. of the game. And so people that are worried about their performance don't worry about it. I feel like Spain played really physical. And I think they got away with a lot of small stuff early in the game. And I think... I think the U.S. women's team needs to uh, start attacking the yeah. middle of the field more. Maybe that was a good wake-up call for, for the women. Uh, I don't know. They, uh, they play France next, and from the little I know about this tournament, uh, France is one of the favorites, maybe neck and neck with, with the USA, which is weird that they would meet in the quarterfinals. Yeah, that happens sometimes, right? Yeah. Well, I, I'm excited to keep watching. I actually I enjoy watching it with my kids. They like watching the women's national team with me because we can cheer for a team from our country in soccer that has a chance of winning. It's refreshing. Yeah. All right, listener. Well, we'll see you in a month or so after Kawhi is a Laker and Cody Bellinger is an all-star MVP and who knows what else will have happened by then. Um to close out the show, yeah, we uh, had a little interruption as yeah. we started recording. Uh, so special guests on the podcast, uh, Lisa Moody, Matt Moody, and extra special guest, Ezra Moody. Okay, you said this is going to be one of our best openings we've ever done. I mean, I, I don't like to make... I like to... Hold, hold on. Uh, Important okay. FaceTime call. Well... Oh, hey, Lisa. Oh, special, special, special guest of the pod. That's right, podcast guest. Special What's guest up? of the pod, Lisa Moody. Oh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, and Ezra Moody, youngest podcast guest in the history of the show. What an honor. He's a man of few words. <laughs> oh, Matt makes an appearance. Hi, Matt. He, he comes across better um, on video. Matt comes across better on video than in person? Um, no, Ezra does. Oh, Ezra does. I don't know. I'd like to see him in person. I'm jealous that Laura got to see him and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's not Monday. What are you doing? Go okay, uh, please call her. Get to your point. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted you to tell me, um, as far as sports games goes, which one's the best? 
Are you talking about video games or actual no, sports? Just sports games. Various sports games. When you say sports games. Oh, nice. Okay, Matt's going to save the segment. Go for it. Is LeVar Ball a genius, or is he really just the town idiot? That's a great question. I look at LeVar Ball like, I think he thinks of PR like there's no such thing as bad PR. Yeah. So he gets as much PR as he can, and his sons look like normal, very smart, intelligent people because they're standing next to their... They're smoke spewing father all the time. So he acts like a like you know, like Lavar, and his sons look very normal and very stable by comparison. So I think he's one of those PR if, guys. If his sons weren't talented basketball players, if one of would, them okay, yeah, he would be an idiot. But because he has at least one that he can march out that is somewhat desirable, he Pony. Yeah. Are the Lakers better off? Yes. Oh well, because they got Anthony okay. Davis because well, that, of that. Okay. Yeah. So if you if you gave me the choice of having Lonzo with Anthony Davis versus without, so AD with Lonzo versus AD without Lonzo, I take with Lonzo because I think he's a good point guard. But between the two, I take AD. Right. Duh. So I think they will be better next year, but I think they could have been even better if they didn't give up as much. No, definitely keep it. I mean, he's a positive for at least two more years. At least. Yeah. Um, you know I'm on the know. LeBron train. He's the goat and the king. He's the goat king. Uh, that sounds like a Disney movie. Can you tell us a joke now? Oh, we've got jokes coming, but I don't want to spoil anything. I'll just have to listen in later. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um... Well, thanks for calling in. Um, stay on the line. We'll get you a T-shirt. We have T-shirts? Yeah, if you just pay for the, the shirt and the shipping and the handling, we'll get you a T-shirt. Thank That's you. Easy payments of twenty nine ninety nine plus shipping and handling. That's right. And the shipping and handling is going to be $75. Wow. Perfect. But if I order now, I get two. Yeah, if you order now, you get two shirts for the price of two. So act now. Yeah. Plus some Gorilla okay. Tape. And Gorilla Tape? Yeah, and Gorilla Tape. Adhered to the box. Bye, guys. Bye. Well, that was our first uh, video conference on the podcast.